Welcome to the Visions of a Better World podcast. We are part of Global Visions, an association founded in Helsinki, Finland. Our goal is to bring people and organizations together as well as develop ideas and ways of thinking to make the world a better place. In this podcast series, our association is represented by me, project planner Petri Lahtinen, and Max Dalberi, the founder and chairperson of the association. We are also inviting guests to the podcast to discuss themes that are important in making the world a better place. Welcome, everyone. Well, well, hello everyone once again to the second episode of Visions of a Better World podcast. Uh, today I'm here again with the founder and chairperson of Global Visions Association, Max Talberg. And in the last episode, we gave you all a brief introduction to our association and to our activities. But then we thought that it would be interesting, beneficial, and all around productive, perhaps, to discuss about visions in general, as the title of our podcast, as well as the name of our association would just chest. Visions are very important in our activities. They play a big part in them. So today we are discussing bit about visions in general and then we're going to delve into our own personal visions and compare them discuss them and then see what sort of differences and uh, mutual ground are to be found between them and well without further ado let's uh, dive into the topic and and welcome max once again to discuss about important matters. Yes, thank you. Great to be here again. Yeah, let's start off with uh, talking about what do we mean when we are talking about visions. That let's let's get to the core of that concept. So, uh, visions is or a particular vision. vision apparently was very important in 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 the beginning of this uh, the fa- in the founding of this association as well in the book that max you wrote before you founded this as- association so maybe you could start off by uh, telling us what visions mean to you and why do you think they are important in today's world yeah, well, I find find visions really important, and and discussing visions of a better world is, in my opinion, also a universal theme. Everyone shares this theme, and there are people all over the world who who find this theme important and want to discuss it. And then it's also important to to say that if there wouldn't be any visions, there would be no direction to aim at for society. And so this means that that visions enable a movement in the right direction, even if they are not fully realized in practice. And it's also difficult to imagine a world where there would be no room for different visions. Such a world would be a lot poorer, poorer and, and things would probably not move forward in such a world. Right. The word vision itself comes from Latin and it's related to seeing. Uh, it's something that in, in the 
ancient thought was understood as something tangible, perceivable, and thus real. And in in also in your your book, you talk about utopias, and that comes from Greek and literally means no place. So uh, how do you comprehend utopias and do they play a part in your vision as well? And how, they, how do you think that they differ from the concept of vision? Uh, well, I think both, both are trying to, to look at the world, at a better world. So in that, in that sense, they are both, both similar, similar words and concepts. And, and central for my vision was to, to find the best possible arrangement for the politics and order of the world. So that was my, my idea in my vision. Yeah, I, I think personally that when, you, when we look at the semantics and the etymology of these two words, that utopia is perhaps uh, something that never can actualize and they of course they play a big part in the human imagination whereas vision is something that you see and it can be perhaps more a certain set of tools a means to reach a better world but not a better world in itself and in today's world as we have discussed outside this podcast, it seems that uh, dystopias, not utopias, but dystopias are more present, more prevalent in, in, be it in, uh, in real life talk, politics, or in fiction. Uh, why do you think that is? Do you have any, any, any opinion or, or thoughts about that? Yeah, it's difficult to say. I think it's, it's the right observation that that dystopias today have replaced visions in a larger sense it might be that people are more realistic today and know know how the world works and and also find and thus find less hope for for a better world and know how how people can act so that might be might be the reason for this and and during the last centuries not many visions have been presented either apart from maybe communism and the belief that the free markets should dictate everything so visions have, and during the last last years, maybe the third vision could be John Rawls' vision of, of a just society, and in it he imagines a veil of ignorance behind which nobody would know their position in society or even their traits, and he thinks that this leads to the fact that everyone everyone should be as free as possible, and that differences in welfare should always help most those who fare the worst, but after him, there there really hasn't been any large visions that would be talked about in a large sense. So, the, and this is a shame, of course, but at the same time, one could also say that there could be room for new visions because people, there are always some people who, who find them interesting and want to talk about them. I personally think that uh, do, during the era that we are living in now, that uh, maybe there are visions that we too don't know about, but one could certainly hope or imagine that there are visions uh, being born or developed that try to reimagine new ways of living side by side with other living beings and with our environments during an era where the 
urgency of various environmental crises are more widely acknowledged and are more urgent and urgent. Yeah, yeah. The global warming is, is of course, the central theme of our time. And and a, a, a modern vision should always also have, have this in mind and talk about the way of how we relate to nature and how we preserve it. Yeah, I, I, reading about this topic, I think that there is some, uh, there are visions being developed in that field, but perhaps they still lack a large enough community behind them that we are not yet talking about single vision regarding that theme. But you mentioned, I, I, I thought about it, I, I picked up on that. You, you said that vision is a, is a means to move towards a right direction. But I was, it, the thought occurred to me that isn't there a possibility of visions uh, taking us to quote unquote wrong directions as well? We, if we t- uh, you, you mentioned capitalism, but if we think about the 20th century, there's also totalitarianism, fascism, and maybe capitalism that could be argued to be visions uh, that are taking us towards or, or were taking us uh, historically and, and capitalism nowadays towards, for example, a world which is not sustainable and you ultimately to a world where life could be imagined uh, to be impossible, impossibility. So uh, do you think that there, that there could be also harmful and negative visions? Yeah, for sure. Visions can also lead us in the wrong direction. Capitalism could be one of these, these visions because it, it destroys our, our home planet and, and leads to inequality. And at the same time, uh, consuming probably in reality does not make us happier. We, we consume many things that we don't really need, at least not in a deeper sense. So in many ways, this, this vision of capitalism has also led us in the wrong direction. And another such vision is, of course, communism, which is at the vision level, it is a great romantic vision, but, but in practice, it has not worked because it has led to dictatorship and, and one-party rule, which cannot be defended. So visions definitely can also lead us in the wrong direction. Yeah, there are also, I, I have come across new sort of variants and variations of, of communism that try to develop the original idea towards more uh, healthier and sustainable way of thinking. Uh, and also in my personal life, there's, there, there are a few individuals who have been active in the, in the field of anarchism. And while discussing with them about uh, various uh, social and political topics, uh, I have discovered that apparently there is an anarchist utopia still uh, existing in, in, in that way of thinking. I, I don't know if it's probably it's a historical utopia since the central idea seems to be the same that there's 
uh, lack of of central governance uh, but i don't i'm not 100% sure is that utopia being developed uh, in 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 new directions but apparently there is is this still when we were talking about uh, the lack of visions and especially utopias in modern world that apparently that anarchist vision is still somewhat uh, still existing in those those social circles but yeah i i when i think about that i i it might be i i haven't previously thought about it too much but maybe the root cause of that utopia still having kind of its place in the world today is maybe some sort of disappointment in the in the power and and of the different institutions the bigger the institution the the more problems it has the to actually bring changes that people deem to be necessary into fruition so but of course that the utopia the anarchist utopia brings a lot of problems because it kind of takes us back uh, to that sort of circumstances that the historical philosophers who have wrote about social contract describe as the state of nature which which was in the first place this theoretical uh, original setting where people wanted to exit and form societies but i don't know if you have any any thoughts uh, regarding anarchist utopias well i'm not that that familiar with anarchism but 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 for me the problem could precisely with it be that it lacks a centrally led society because this this has in, especially in the west helped us in, in many ways because the societies are still functioning fun, functioning in, in a good way and it's also difficult to see see that a society where there would be no higher decision makers makers would function properly because this is uh, is really important for society to be able to work in my opinion at least so this is why anarchism is, is kind of like a different vision and, and one could also say that it is a lead into a dystopia if people in it can't act morally. And I would say that there, there will always be peop- people who, who don't really know, who act wrongly in, in, in the anarchistic vision. So, so I, would, I would guess that it, it would in the end not work. But if, if there would only be in it persons who, who want to help other people and, and don't want to get anything more than other persons then this could work but but in in reality human beings don't work like that like this at least not in a big in a big setting and yet it could also be seen anarchism could also be seen as a return to the state of nature uh, and it's the same thing with this that it can be difficult to draw any final judgments from the state of nature since its success depends upon the individuals living in it so different pe- people could could function in a different way in this state of nature. And I, I would also say that it can be also quite theoretical. I'm not sure if it has ever existed or when it had, if it has existed, it might have looked quite different from the vision in a, taught by, by, by Hobbes. 
And anyway, there had also been a more or less organized society many centuries before, already before Hobbes and before the talk of the state of nature. So, uh, so this is quite a theoretical viewpoint, in my opinion. I think a lot of the many major thinkers in, in the field of social contracts and, and the philosophy regarding these issues, such as Aristotle in, in, in ancient Greece and then more modernly Karl Marx have a view that the human being in its nature is, is a social and political animal. So perhaps you are right uh, in saying that this sort of state of nature is only a theoretical uh, construct. Maybe, maybe that could be the case if there would be a major disaster that would somehow uh, bring a huge catastrophe and, and destroy all the infrastructures of societies. But that's also highly, highly uh, theoretical. And I, I agree that one problem in my mind about the anarchist utopia is the, the sort of unfounded uh, belief in the all-encompassing human benevolence that human beings somehow naturally act good. That I think that there is, of course, humans can act morally and, and morality is, is something characteristic to uh, humans, but that is also something that needs cultivation through education and 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 uh, especially when 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 a person is growing up uh, the environment your parents your your friends uh, people around you uh, play a big part in, in in your moral upbringing uh, so yeah the anarchist utopia has it, it has its problems and i think it would function better on a local scale, if you have like a, let's say, a local community that uh, small community, a village, or a farm, for example, that tries to pursue sustenance uh, economy, where they sort of most of the goods that they need, they try to produce themselves, be it food or uh, tools and housing, whatever. So maybe in a small case, small scale, it could work. But on a larger scale, it's it's quite hard to see how that would uh, function properly. And that's that leads up to the question: since our the name of our association is Global Vision, so we are thinking globally. And on a bigger scale, in a bigger scale, so maybe next uh, we could move towards the the visions behind our association. That what are the major uh, parts in in the vision that our association is pursuing? So maybe you could, Max, uh, since it's your vision, so you could maybe tell us a bit about those major parts in your vision yeah sure but first i would just like to to add you talked about the nature of the human being 
at one point, at some point, I encountered a research regarding this, and the researchers found out that that the nature of the human being is such that we are often good-willed and friendly to even to persons we don't know personally. So we like to help even strangers and act, act in a nice way towards them. But then they also find, found out that, that we also have the capacity to be cruel under different circumstances. This, this explains the actions of people in wars, for example. But the general nature is of the human being is anyway goodwilled. So this was the, the, the researchers have this, had this kind of two-folded uh, idea about the nature of the human being. But, and then I also thought that, that we should harness the good in people, since that definitely exists, and society can help, help doing this. So this was an interesting research on the nature of a human being. But then about my own, own vision, the central to it, to it is a global basic income. So my own idea behind my vision started from the idea of what, what a global basic income could lead to, and how, how it would work, and what it would mean. So this is the central theme in my book. This could change the politics of the, of the world in, in many ways. And it could lead to, to, to a global citizenship as well. That we would all have the same uh, rights and duties and all be treated in the same way. And this, this would also be my idea of the best possible arrangement for the politics and order of the world. Because it would be just and, and equal. Everybody would get the, almost the same, at least close enough the same amount of basic income. So... This would be just and equal as well. We were discussing before we started recording this podcast about that I need personally to uh, ex- uh, explore the, the concept of basic income a bit further because I only have a very rough idea what it is. And perhaps this is the case with some of our, some of our listeners as well. So uh, maybe it would be fruitful, Max, if you could explain a bit further or briefly, uh, what do we mean when we are talking about basic income, what it is exactly, and, and how would you imagine it would work uh, locally and then finally on a global level? Yeah, it would mean that everybody would get the same amount of money without doing anything in order to get it. Uh, and this could, could help people to be free to choose what they want to do in life because this, the basic income would enable that. And it would also lead to people doing meaningful work because they could have, would have the freedom to choose what they want to do. And this could work in different ways in, in different parts of the world. In, in poorer countries, people would could, uh, get their basic things sorted through this. And then in developed countries people could have the possibility to do something that they really want to do. So it would work in different ways. And since everybody would get the same amount, this would also work against any prejudices about people. Women would get the same amount as men, and, and people of different races would also get the same amount, or, or everybody would get the same amount. So this would also mean true equality in the world. Yeah, in, the, in, in Western societies... I personally feel that uh, basic income could be an important tool when we are trying to, like you said, strive towards meaningful work and pursue eliminating 
let's say unnecessary work or on a broader scale we could reevaluate the concept of the work itself the, because nowadays they are there's there's work that is for example physically hard that might still be for a lot of people it would be still meaningful but then there are job positions now that seems to be created solely because we need people to have something to do in order to get get money uh, to pay their rents and groceries and they get the very basic standard of living revaluation of work itself and elimination of unnecessary work is in my mind one of the key factors or the goals that basic income can first um, provide on a local level yes i agree and and one other important uh, big development regarding this is the automate the coming automation of of work there have been predictions that a larger amount of, of works in the future will will be eliminated because of automation and robotization and and this would also mean that basic income would be necessary because otherwise there would be tons of people who who would have nothing to do so basic income would, would support them also in this in this case so this is one of the central arguments that, that lead to, to basic income being necessary in the future it's of course still an open question how many works will really disappear because of automation but it could be be so that many many works will disappear but this is, remains to be seen and you were talking about uh, basic income on a global level as well and that that is sort of the big vision behind your book and with our association as well you were talking about how basic global basic income would create uh, justice and equality on a global level but i was thinking that does your vision include some sort of uh, redistribution of wealth resources and power in order to create uh, equal economy and equality in within various fields of life itself yeah it's it's necessary for power and money to be distributed more equally this is this is central central to me as well uh, inequality is one of the biggest uh, challenges of the of, of the modern world and it also leads to to people not not feeling and doing well and this applies to almost everyone in an in an unequal society so this would be part of my vision as well it's of course difficult to reach such a situation because the elites in the western world want to defend their position but but it would be necessary for money and and power to be distributed in a more equal way that's for sure i was thinking for example that if you live in a poorer developing country that if you get basic income that would for sure improve individuals life in some areas but if your country doesn't have proper domestic structures that enable a meaningful and dignified human life then the basic income alone 
in my mind, would not be enough if there if a individual is living in a country where there is no, let's say, for example, that you're a female in a poorer developing country, that you might not have an actual access to proper education or uh, the healthcare you need, then even though you would receive basic income, your life would still be uh, inequal, uh, unequal and not just. So is there any way, or of course there are ways, but how do you vision max these problems of, of global inequality could be improved in, in a way that, that every country would have the sort of the structures locally that would guarantee or at least try to guarantee that everyone, every citizen has a, a, the possibility to live a healthy and meaningful life. Well, I had in, in my book, I wrote about an additional vision regarding basic income. And that would be the basic income of, of different geographical areas, which would mean that every area in the world would get the same amount of, of basic income, which could be then used in that area to, to improve the position of the citizens of that, of that area. This is, of course, even a larger utopia and vision, but, but this would also be, be equal and, and just sort of every, every area in the world would get the same amount of of geographical basic income, but this is of course a larger vision and might never be be realized. But but this, this was the additional vision that I had in my book. Continuing on 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 that topic, uh, you you said that that the basic income would uh, be globally the same amount, uh, and then I was I started to think that. In, do you have any vision that would there be then just one currency or how would this global basic income uh, be adjusted according to the different currencies around the world? Do you have any, any vision about that yet? Uh, well, at, at one point I read a book about the global currency and then I also asked a researcher about it, but, but he thought that it's not a good idea. It would lead to many problems. I'm not that much, I don't know that much about economics in it to be able to, to answer this question in, in the best possible way. But, but according to this researcher, an idea of a global, one global currency would not work in, in practice. So, so that, that idea should, should not be implemented. I also being interested in philosophy as I am, discussing this particular theme gets me thinking about money itself, that it's interesting that that money itself, it's sort of like the value of it, it's very artificial because you could argue that, that for example, if you have bills, paper money, that the 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 value of that physical product is not same as the as it has in in currency and then there are 
I remember particularly uh, when when Greece was at the, in the thongs of its the worst situation of its uh, economical crisis that uh, the the minister Yanis Varoufakis at the time when there was talk about Grexit had this plan that if this Grexit would come into reality that he had this plan that they would move back uh, to drachmas in their currency and then they would generate uh, I don't remember the exact amount but some sort of the same amount of drachmas to every citizen's bank account which is a good example of that you could that basically the way I view it or I think about it is that he was just creating money out of nothing so I, I think that this is, is is very interesting that maybe one of the problems with global currency is that that it would have to force somehow different things of different value in the same kind of category or set of boxes that would not perhaps work in 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 reality yeah the creation of money is, is a hot topic today uh, it, it's it's central to the idea of in modern monetary theory the idea is that that a country could create money and solve many problems like this but but yeah i'm, I'm not an expert in economics so I, i i i should maybe not say more more about this but 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 the creation of money is is being uh there are many arguments about it many people are for it and many are against it but it's a it's a hot topic in in, in the modern world yeah i'm I, i'm with you on on that that i'm i'm definitely not an expert on on economics i have few friends close friends who have studied that field in the university and and every time when i'm discussing any of these sort of themes with them i i, I just completely feel like an amateur and 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 yeah i don't have any any competence of of discussing that matter either in in great detail but it's 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 an interesting interesting thought and and certainly it's something that probably our association and the the people that are in the future working with these these themes and topics will have to research further probably the two of us as well in the future but but yeah we're we're looking into that maybe some other time and getting some maybe in the future we will have on our podcast people who who have more knowledge about this and we will discuss that theme further then but yeah you uh, i think you mentioned already on 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 this podcast that certainly you have discussed this this topic in your book uh, the that the other half uh, let's say of, of your vision as it's presented in your book uh, apart from the global basic income would this would be this idea of a world state and world citizenship so maybe next you could briefly introduce that uh, concept and and tell us how what kind of role does it play in your vision 
Yeah, well, my idea was that if, if a basic income would be global, this could easily lead to, to the idea of world citizenship, where everybody would have the same rights uh, and, and get the same advances at, uh, as well. So this would be could be possible to implement at the same time that the global basic income would be implemented. And then we could also see a world state, which, which would... It, it, it could be, it's of course quite utopian today to talk about it, but it, it could just mean that, that we would do, do global, make global decisions together in a global setting in a way that would help everyone in the same way. So a, a world state could just mean that there would be a way of, of doing global democracy on a global scale and, and to, together to agree about things on a global scale. It's, it's a noble and as you said, utopian idea that faces a lot of problems because, for example, I, I've recently been reading Martha Nussbaum's book, The Frontiers of Justice, and there one of the the major topics she's writing about this is the the social contracts and 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 justice on a global scale and she herself presents that the she views i think it was liberal constitutional democracy would be her ideal political system and then one of the major issues that she presents in regards to that idea is that there are still quite a lot of countries and states in the world that that are not yet liberal constitutional democracies and then we we face the problem that if we want to strive towards a world state that for one what would be the the political system of that state and two how would we get uh, all the current states and countries in the world to agree upon that political system well, one idea behind behind the world state would be that if it would exist, then it would be easier for it to implement democracy in every world, in every in every part of the world. So that would be one one key argument for it, definitely. It's it's of course it's utopian, but it, it could lead to many to many good things. And then one idea that I also had behind behind the world citizenship. And, and any decisions that the world state makes would be that everybody would be treated in an equal way. This would be the, the thing that would be needed in order for, for, for things to be, for good decisions to be made on a global scale. And, and, and the global basic income would mean, would mean that everybody would be treated in an equal enough way, at least. Yeah, and maybe this could be a nice transition to to discussing briefly about my vision because up until this point we have dis been discussing uh, mostly about your vision but this we have already we've, we've, we've discussed the concept of world state and the need of making global decisions and and we also mentioned climate change and various environmental crises so uh, when I started, didn't really have any sort of 
grand vision uh, about a better world, but it's been uh, fortunately developing uh, during this past few months and weeks when I've been working uh, with this association. And, and I remember there was this one, one uh, it was this kind of event organized by this one, well, it's a publishing company generally, but they have other activities. And one of their summer events was entitled uh, planetary communism and that's also there's the communism tie-in with the with the topics that we were discussing at the beginning beginning of this podcast and i i instantly i i thought that it sounded the the title the name planetary communism sounded exotic and fascinating and basically it's it's an idea where uh, we try to we vision a world where our human imagination is being developed in a way that we understand and comprehend this various networks and subjectivities and group of agents that exist outside the, the human sphere, that there are a lot of intelligent, uh, non-human animal life and plant life and various environments and ecological systems. And I view that one of the major issues that we face today as species is, are the environmental crises. And I think that here we need new visions of, of, of creating a sustainable way of life for not only for humans, but for all the species and all life that exists on this planet that I'm, I'm not, I know there are a lot of people nowadays that are very uh, hot about the, 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 I think it's called transhumanism, the idea that technology will uh, solve let's say biological problems that in the end there's an this technological utopia where we are we are all only consciousness on microchips or whatnot and there's no the problems of biological bodies and and all that is being kind of pushed aside or solved but i don't i don't think that's personally i don't find that particular idea very attractive but uh what does this uh this this uh vision of mine uh, bring any thoughts into your mind as of now max well i would of course say that global warming is the central problem an issue of our time and this could also be linked to to a world state in such a way that if there would be a, a world government then this actually could could implement big big actions against global warming and we could also in a larger sense see that if there would be more global cooperation then we could advance changes of which the economic consequences would not be the best possible or, or the ideal ones and this could apply to to care for nature and global warming or for the fight against global warming and reducing the amount of work that we do 
global taxation and also the existence of a welfare state uh, could be different themes that could be reached through this co global cooperation. Because when a single, single state makes decisions regarding this, it ends up, ends up losing. So that's why we should, or these changes should always be implemented on a global level. Because these would be ethical decisions that would improve everyone's welfare, but they could be not not be uh, applied on on a single on the single level of a single nation state. So global cooperation could lead to to everybody's life being being much better and more happy. You mentioned, I think I'm not hundred percent sure, but let's bring it up now uh, and and tie it in with this discussion about uh, green transitions and and fight against global warming and preventing uh, ecological crises that when we discuss about the possibility of a world state and global basic income and we mentioned the idea of a of redistribution of wealth resources and power in general that one major issue around all these themes is the concepts of consumption versus sustainable solutions so you have mentioned this was also something that you you wrote about in your book consumption so uh, how do you view this problem today and do you have any any ideas or does your vision provide any possible solutions of how we could mm, solve this issue between consumption and sustainability? Yeah, maybe I could start off by, by saying that in my, my view, maybe the main problem of capitalism is that many of the needs that it satisfies are such that they in, in reality don't really make us happier or, or better off. So this is, this is a large problem. And another problem is that an individual easily gets used to a certain standard of living, and then it's difficult to change that later. Uh, my own idea would be for us to consume less, but instead turn to, to meaning act actions, to finding meaningful meaningfulness in our life. And this would mean that we would have more time for, for example, our family or friends, and, and more time for social projects in general. And this, I don't think this is impossible because meaningfulness is already visible in the modern world. For example, in the fight against climate change or in investing in stocks, for example, these are themes that are getting more and more important and people really feel that, that the good life is, that does not just constitute of, of being able to spend, spend a lot of money, but also to find meaningfulness in one's life. Exactly. The sense of meaning is also an important topic that I have been thinking about uh, recently, quite a lot actually. And that is something that it's, all, it, it's also connected to this. I've been reading uh, on my free time uh, the, the works of this French philosopher called Georges Bataille, and he has this one concept of, of, of the sacred, which easily can be confused as something uh, having to do with religion, but it, it's not necessarily so, because 
when we when you were talking about for example the sense of meaning uh, while fighting against climate change i feel that for example we living in scandinavia in 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 the north where we are still even 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 people who are living in cities have usually some kind of connection with with forests or let's say i don't want to say nature because that's very well let's say just nature for for simplicity simplicity's sake and that is something that people nowadays don't i think connect with something religious but there are still these feelings of of meaning and possibly even sacred when we are uh, we are dwelling in the forest bead for recreational purposes or picking up mushrooms or berries or hunting or whatever so that is something also that in my vision uh, something that would be helpful and and healthy to kind of it's something that we should encourage i think and it's when we find meaning in some things and we consider them even sacred that is something perhaps more valuable and sustainable than the things material things that capitalism and 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 money can provide us yeah this is this is for sure a really important team we we today we live in in abundance and and try to be busy all the time but this does not really give room for 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 the sacredness of life and the sacredness in life but i think that it could come come easily into fruition through through a good values and a life live, lived through these values and i'm i'm not personally religious person but i still find this the sacredness and an interesting theme and, and maybe I, i could also think that a person who's who's not religious could still experience sacredness in their life and it's also an important theme because it, it brings us to the most essential things in life and tell us what is really important for us and to the nature of life belongs that there are things like like these that are really sacred and and, and more important than anything else This could be, for example, the right for a person to live, or their family, or nature, or or helping other people. And today we don't give time, room for these things in the same way as before. And 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 this will be really important in the future for us to realize this in, in a stronger way. Exactly, I totally agree with you. And when we where you were, you mentioned uh, healthy relationships with other people with your own family but that could be something that would be could be easy very easy easily extended to cover up uh, first smaller communities and then hopefully larger communities where we could uh, work or let's say first experience uh, meaningfulness and something even sacred in our lives and in our environments and then work towards of creating a better world where where these values around these topics would 
get more attention and and be act, actualized uh, in reality and i think that's kind of brings a provides a nice wrap up to this talk today since one one thing that our association is all about is bringing people to together we have now discussed about visions in general and our own visions but we also hope and encourage people to join in uh, to the activities of our association and share their visions of a better world and and maybe together hopefully we can actually at least start building a better world together yes if if, if a person is interested in this then we are very happy to to start the discussion and and want to want people to to join us for sure yeah we are now active already on all the major social media platforms and we are looking forward to see you there but then we are also planning uh, actual live events to further this gathering and bringing together people to discuss these important themes in the future yes we hope to see anyone who's interested at our events and 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 see them joining our discussion in the future as well well it's been a delight discussing uh, these themes with you and hopefully you listeners uh, got something out of this and and most most importantly maybe this this encourages you like we said to take part in our activities so go check our web page out and like i said you can find us on all the major social media platforms so you can find more information there and and take part to our actions so uh, thank you all for listening and thank you max for this this interesting uh, talk yes thank you too thank you for all for all listeners Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us at www.globalvisions.fi. Check out also Max's book, which is available to download for free at www.avisionofabetterworld.net. We are also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and Discord. Everyone is welcome to take part in our activities and discussion, which is an invitation to reflect on how to make the world a better place.